But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, something yeah, that I just. Free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. That's right, Brett Walsh. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the 9x9, nine nine, the 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the internet. Today is Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. This is episode 59. My name is Rob St. Clair, live from Chicago. That is Everett DeLorme, live from Toronto, north of the border. It was an extremely, extremely busy week in the game of volleyball, as it always is. But this one in particular. And uh, we're not going to waste any time. We're going to jump right into it, Everett. The season is over. The playoffs are set in the men's Italian Super Lega. And as it, I mean, the playoffs are here. They start this weekend. The first rounds of the quarterfinal matches are on Sunday. And we previewed on last week's show, uh, week 22, the final week of the regular season. Not very dramatic, it turns out. Uh, not, no. a whole, not a whole lot of drama. Basically, everybody held seed, but we've got a playoff bracket. Let's read it down before we break it, dive into it a little bit more. Number one, Perugia takes on number eight, Milano. Number four, Lube takes on number five, Verona. Number two, Trentino takes on number seven, Monza. And number three, Modena takes on number six, Piacenza. That's it. Honestly, I'm excited for three out of these four series. Me too. Right? When, when I look at how this is all broken down, I, I'm excited. And I mean, I, I think we knew that coming in, given the parity we've seen in the Super League of this year. There's one team that's run away with it, and everyone else has been has been real close. Uh, was a little bit disappointed, as we talked about a little before the show, about Chisterna, how I was, I was hoping to see something from them, push for that final playoff spot. Uh, and we saw nothing. So we don't even really need to talk about uh, th this this weekend's matches. Um, but yeah, man, it I, I think this is this is going to be uh, a lot of fun. Lube versus Verona going to be electric. Monza versus Trento. I think that one's going to be an underrated series. I think I have a lot of people have Trento in that, but I think Monza has the ability to make it interesting. And then Modena Piacenza fireworks. That one is going to be fireworks. You're telling me that Engapeth isn't going to want to get get after it against Leal and Lucarelli and Simone and Co. And I mean, hell, add, add Bruno into that. Lagumja has been absolutely unreal this season. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited for these quarterfinals. They are just going to be unreal, um, except for the Perugia versus Milano. That one. that one is just going to be an yep. absolute walkthrough for sure. Forget about it. And for the first time ever, Everett, this year, the quarterfinals are best of five. Oh, dang. So, so significantly longer series this year. Uh, so best of five all the way through. Uh, quarters, semis, and finals. We've also got that stupid loser stage playoffs for the teams that didn't make it. And like the teams that lose in the quarterfinals will probably drop down. Nobody cares about any of that. But uh, the quarterfinals start this Sunday. Uh, all four of them being played this Sunday, then Wednesday, then the following Sunday at least. So you'll get at least three matches in all four of these quarterfinals. And uh, I'm pretty stoked for it. I, 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 yeah, I agree with you. Perugia versus Milano is very forgettable. I'm, I'm not planning on watching any of those games, but even Lube versus Verona. Verona is the second hottest team in the league right now. They've won five in a row coming into the playoffs, and it hasn't always been pretty, uh, but they they did jump all the way up into fifth, and Lube, as, as we know, is an extremely fragile team with their current situation. And I'm also with you. Trentino versus Monza is a really underrated series. 
Yeah. Uh, I think Verona has the potential to quote unquote upset Lube. It's uh, very possible. I, I think if you've been watching this year, you know, at times it, it's always surprised. It's almost surprised me that Verona has, or sorry, Lube has done as well as they have. And I've always almost expected Verona to do better, right? Um, they've, they've lost to, they've had some pretty bad losses this year to, you know, teams that are out of the playoffs and, and, and whatnot. But when you look at how Verona has been playing, when you look at the, the, how dynamic that roster can be, you can have Keda on the left or the right. You can have Shaposhkov in there, you know, the big seven footer. Obviously we know what the rock Mozics can do. I think it's going to be fantastic. And Lube has this interesting mix of young and old. You've got the Checo, you got Zaitsev, but then, you know, you've got Alex Nikolov, uh, Gabby Gar- Garcia, Botolo, whatever it may be. I think that one's going to be going to be fireworks for sure. Totally. And then uh, my, my personal favorite series is Modena versus Piacenza. It's kind of the teams of what what sort of peaks have we seen this year and will we see those during this series? I mean, the peak of Piacenza was obviously the Italian Cup a couple weeks ago. They've done nothing but stink ever since. And uh, Modena just got worked by Trentino in a do or die match for second place over the weekend. And that wasn't as competitive as it should have been. Um, but Modena's also got the inside track to win the CEV Cup. And that and that series could also include somewhere randomly in the middle. It could include the CEV Cup final because Modena just beat Scrab Elkatov 3-1 to one last week. Piacenza's going to have to rescue it in the golden set against Nakru Solari. But it's, I would still say it's pretty likely those two play in the finals of the CEV Cup. So these yeah, two teams absolutely. are about to play each other a lot. Yeah, and I do think that I think Piacenza is a team that gets up for big matches. And if you can't get up for Bruno and Gabeth and Lagumgia, then like it, it's not worth playing, right? There's a lot of friendships between these two teams, and I bet there's a lot of rivalries as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think that this one is just going to be absolutely gangbusters. I honestly don't know who to pick. I've been very low on Modena all year, right? With Rinaldi in your starting lineup, I, I just didn't think that much of them. But they've continued to bounce back, and they've continued to to be there. You know, we, we've seen them kind of go up and down. And at the end of the day, even though Bruno is in decline, Engapeth isn't necessarily what he used to be. Lugumja is a scoring machine, right? And both of those players know how to win. But you also know, you know who else knows how to win? Simone, Leal, Lucarelli, Rizal, the list goes on. Romano is is one of, you know, very apathetic at times, but super good in the clutch. Yeah, and this he's about to get a lot of those big matches where we typically see Yuri Romano really perform. Yeah, I'm I'm so fascinated by this series, and we'll talk a little bit about the the season long final statistics in a little bit because I put them together earlier today, and I was really fascinated with some of the results. Uh, but there's a lot of guys on Modena and Piacenza in particular who had phenomenal statistical years. Yeah. I do think that when looking at the Trento-Monza series, I think that one is is very interesting because if Monza starts to do poorly, do we see Cachopa, right? Does he get inserted in because he's, he's we've seen him in, with little flashes. Not sure if he's fully healthy yet, but that's kind of what I'm hearing coming out of, out of Monza. And does that turn the tide for them, right? That's a gritty team with with skill all, all around. When you've got Kachopa at the helm, um, you know, Davi Skiba and Mar have been having a great season. Mar has been had an unreal season, finished ninth overall in points in the in the top ten of scoring, which is you know his his best season by far yet. You have Grozier and potentially Arthur Schwartz to on the right side. Like I think Monza has the ability to give Trento a run for their money. Like and especially we've seen Trento 
if everything's clicking for them, they're a, they're a top-notch team, right? And maybe the one of the few teams in the Superliga that can push um, the Perugia. But when things aren't good, they really aren't good for Trento. And we've seen that more and more this year. That they haven't been the steady Trento that we've we've come ac- become accustomed to. So I think that this, if if there's any, I mean. I'm not going to say if there's any chance that the that uh, any of these series goes five, it's going to be this one because I think honestly three of these four series can go five. I think they can too. I really think all of them except Perugia, Milano, and you got to think think about Trentino's calendar. They're going to have a do or die match versus Zaxa in the Champions League on Wednesday. No, Thursday, Thursday, even worse. Uh, they play Zaxa this fifteenth. Uh, no, they're actually on the sixteenth. Uh, they, oh, okay. yeah. They play Thursday, so then they're going to have to turn around and start a playoff series against Monza on Sunday. That is a quick turnaround. If there's a chance for Monza to get on the board in that series, I think that first game on, on Sunday might be a really big one. Um, so huge opportunity there for really everybody. Yeah, I could see Verona and Chibi de Nova like, and Lube just being a, a total slobber knocker. Just going to be sloppy, heavy volleyball kind of across the board. Uh, Perugia versus Milano will be a clinic. Don't bother watching any of that. But uh, all four of these series are, are a little bit different in their flavor, and three of the four I think are going to be really fun. So it all gets underway on Sunday. Let's look yeah. at the final table with the regular season wrapped up. So the two main storylines here, and we can also look at the results from this weekend really quickly. Perugia completes the, fir- the perfect season. 22 and 0, uh, 65 out of a possible 66 points, which is absolutely insane. She's staring up, blows a really good chance on Saturday uh, to at least make Sunday interesting. They played that first game. We talked about it on last week's show. She's staring had to beat Verona. She's staring had everything to play for. Verona, who was locked in at fifth place, they had nothing to play for. Verona goes out and beats them, no problem. That took a lot of the drama away from Sunday's games. And then Everett, we say salutations. Thanks for participating to Sienna. Goodbye, Sienna. They got three-donged by Monza in a match that they had to win. They played like trash. All of their players were statistically miserable in a do-or-die game. Uh, Martin Van Garderen was terrible. Nemanja Petric was terrible. Uh, Zabig Diev Bartman wasn't good enough. Uh, they passed the ball horribly. They served the ball horribly. And unfortunately, Sienna goes crawling back into the A2 division for next year. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, like, didn't they not win the A2 last year? Uh, Correct, was, they did not. Uh, they did uh, not Emilio, win A2 last year. Uh, Emilio Reggio? Yeah, Reggio Emilia is the name of the town. Their arena wasn't conforming or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So Siena got, you know, the push up into it. I will miss their jerseys. However, the jerseys were really nice. You know, those white ones we see on the screen there, the white with the gold trim were all right. But those forest green with the red sponsor logo those were those were tasty uh unfortunately good jersey karma did not translate into good league karma but what i really enjoyed about sienna is that they they were only one point away from not getting relegated they had that nice little three-game run where van garderen was absolutely untouchable there in the middle of the season and i think that's kind of what you want for a relegation team right you want a, a team that um is going to make things interesting and you have to show up against and i mean that's exactly what we saw from them this season yeah, it was a way more interesting relegation race than last year where, oh, yeah, Ravana, where Ravana was the worst roster ever assembled. And then that second team, which ended up being Vivo Valencia, it wasn't quite as much drama there. Uh, yeah, Sienna played good volleyball at times. 15 points and getting relegated is is at least a respectable season, um, but it wasn't quite good enough. Toronto escapes by one point. They stay in the Super Lega. So we've got a one and done in Sienna. That spot will be filled by somebody different next year. 
And yeah, now we look towards the playoffs. Everything starts this Sunday in best of five quarterfinal series, and then we move on from there. Yeah, I mean, man, I'm I'm excited. Uh, probably won't be watching this weekend with the U Sports Chat National Championships going on, uh, but definitely we'll be catching up with match number two once that is done and dusted. So, do you want to go over some of the stats from this year and some I of the stats would, leaders? I would love to. Let's 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 dig into some of that a little bit. So uh, earlier today, and the the, the Lega Volley stats website isn't the best. I wish we could pull out some things like hitting efficiency and reception efficiency or like or reception percentage, but which we can't, uh, we can do, we can do totals and we can do things like stats per set. So let's, let's read a couple top tens here and see if we can pull any conclusions on them from them. total points for total scoring on the year. Addis Lagumja by a mile uh, takes it in the league 491 total points, which is just insane. Uh, let me look these up to make sure they're correct. Sorry, not 491, 419, 419. Still um, leads the league in scoring over Pedar Dzirlitz in second. Matej Kaziski third. Maxim Sapozhkov fourth. And Dusan Petkovic, high volume, low efficiency, fifth in the in, in the league in total scoring this year. But Legumja, uh, Legumja and Dzirlitz, I think, were both the best and most consistent opposites of the year. Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, I think Lugumja, he, he's been known for me at least to have kind of fade off towards the end of the year, whether it's injuries or just not performing well. This year, I, th- I feel like he's gotten better. I feel yeah. like he's gotten better. Like his, his best performance, his highest scores were, were towards the end, end of the season. So, yeah, like big, big ups to him. Um, I think that's huge for, the, for that Turkish program that's going to be looking to get into VNL this year. And it just makes Modena that, that more dangerous head, heading into playoffs. And you got to think when you look at somebody's total points on the year, what, how much of it is from offense versus how much do they contribute from blocking and serving as well? And Lagumja had a really good serving year. Uh, Lagumja uh, sixth in the league in total aces with 34. Um, and his his main competitor in total scoring, Dierlich, wasn't anywhere near the top 10 in serving. But Dierlich was the only non-middle blocker in the top 10 in blocks total. Oh, yeah. Uh, tenth in the, in the league with 37 total blocks on the year. So those two big scoring opposites got it done in different ways. But yeah, Lagumja and Dierlich were clearly the main scorers of the year. But uh, it's interesting when you look at points per set because then it changes a little bit. Number one in points per set in the Super League of this year by a mile, Ibrahim Lawani of Toronto with 5.74 points per set. That's absolutely ridiculous. But you've got to remember that he only played like what six or seven matches and yeah. uh, his teammate Tommaso Stephanie good year as well 4.6 it's fifth in the league but uh, he got hurt so th- that that's certainly an asterisk there absolutely and I mean let's remember that Mads Kid Jensen was also one of the top scorers a little for a little while he first joined the Superliga and now he's rele- relegated to like fourth on Verona's bench so I, I think that they're I, like don't get me wrong I think that he's super talented and I think he's got a massive future uh, I think he'll be in the Superliga next year for sure I think we're probably gonna be seeing him on the French roster this summer the summer as well um, but a lot of that is to do that like most teams just didn't have any video on him. They had exactly. they had no film. It's gonna be he's not gonna be putting up over five points a set next year, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him over four or in the high threes. Yeah, so all, all these numbers for points per set. Loani five point seven is is off the charts. Uh Maxim Sapozhkov second in the league in points per set with four point nine six. But remember there were some matches where he didn't play. Uh there were quite a few. Quite quite a few, yeah, where Kata yeah. started over him on the right side. So 
Um, and then Perugia, Perugia has th- has three of the top ten, and Rick Liskey, Leon, and Herrera. So both their opposites were top ten in the league in points per set, which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, speaking of Verona, they had Saposhkov, Keita, and Mozic all in the top ten in total scoring, which is also pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, Verona was a high-scoring team. We all sure. knew they, they all knew they would be. I mean, let's be honest. How many games did they go to five? And they, they had would, a they, lot of five. They had setters. a lot of five setters, and they relied on their their pillar guys. You know, they didn't go to the middle all, all that much. Even though Shaposhkov didn't play all that much, he still got a lot of volume when he did. So that that's not surprising to me. And, he, and hell, when you look at total points, like there's no Perugia guys on there anywhere. Because they were so balanced with their offense, and you know they had three good outsides, two good opposites. They and just they just three out everybody. They, they played exactly so many less they, sets. They, exactly, they just three out everywhere. But it's not surprising to me that you see three Perugia guys all averaging over over four points, uh, four points per set. Rich Licky was was the highest in terms of kills per set at at three point seven as well. Yeah, so total kills, we can look at just straight offense. Again, Zierlich and Legumsha up at the top uh, in both total kills and kills per set. Uh, and some names like uh, Matej Kaziski is up there everywhere as well in his first full season playing opposite, by the way. Third in total scoring, uh, seven in points per set, third in total kills, fifth in kills per set. So the ageless wonder Kaziski had an unbelievable year. But you start seeing some, some names. Steven Marr, 10th in total kills. Eric Lepke, ninth in kills per set. Okay, Canada. Lep- Lepke was seventh overall in, in total points, and he would have been higher if he didn't have to miss like the what those like three matches uh, with with that uh, that uh, infection that that he had. Uh, but yeah, massive year for for Eric Lepke. Lepke was seventeenth um, in total points. Sorry, but, uh, sorry, that's yeah. Did I say seventh? Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. That's what I meant. Seventeenth. Um, but yeah, ma- massive year for him. Uh, big shout out to uh, Ronnie Cuban spike because you only have guys down the middle, um, and none of your outsides are are on any of the list. This uh, list so. Herrera is, but yes, Simone is up at the top of his normal categories. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, but yeah, because of Perugia's balance, they they didn't have much. Marlon Yant had a terrible statistical year, uh, and all the other Cubans in in the Superliga, except, unless you count Leon, they're all really role players. Uh, absolutely so i mean our good friend dusan pekovic is up there too in in total points i'd love to see who, <laughs> what who his efficiency it. is <laughs> yeah absolutely i'd love to see efficiency stats or you know ace or error leaders as as well because I'm, I'm i'm sure he's absolutely up there no doubt about it yeah uh, looking at serving yuri romano leads the league in total aces at 45 namori kato right behind him at 44 and then a name that two names i didn't expect Tommaso Rinaldi third in the league in aces and Vlad Davi Skiba fourth. You know Where'd what that I th- come from? I think we gave Rinaldi a lot of shit this year because he was bad at the beginning. But to be honest, I think he really picked it up. I, you know, I, I think he really got better for them as the season as the season went on. He's been a good server the whole year. I don't think his reception or his offense are that good. But thirty nine aces is a lot. Like that, that's a really nice number. Like I, I would almost see Rinaldi's play, especially in the second half of the season, make a bid for him to replace a guy like Ricine on the national team. Mm, interesting. I mean, Italy's got no shortage of, no. of of options at literally every position. But yeah, maybe Rinaldi finally cracks the cracks the national team after being such a highly rated prospect. Um, Perugia, no surprise at all, has four of the top ten in the league in aces per set. 
what what a what a disgusting serving lineup. Herrera leads the league in aces per set at 0.77. Leon right behind him 0.64. Plotnitsky and Semenyuk all on the list. Crazy. Yeah, but also on, on this list. I mean, this list is only made up with a few players, especially aces per set, because you have Romano, Romano, Lucarelli, and Simone also on this list right. uh, in, in aces per set. I mean, hey, that's why they won the. Uh, that's why they won the, the Italian Cup. So if we do see that matchup with with Piacenza and Perugia, we won't see it to the finals because they are on opposite sides of the bracket. It would be spicy. It would. It would be. Uh, it would probably break playoff ace records for sure. Uh, last but not least, the blocking category: uh, Marco Pedrasinin and Aiden Zingle tie for the total block lead on the year with fifty three. Robert Landy Simone right behind him with forty seven. Simone does take the crown with blocks per set. At 16, uh, Simone also uh, ninth in the league in aces per set. So he's once again just an absolute legend. And uh, a, a sterling, just perfect, wonderful season by our boy Daddy Stankovic. Fifth in the league in blocks and eighth in the league in blocks per set. I love that man so much. I mean, over the past few years, it was looking like we wouldn't see him as much. And he didn't even play like all the matches. I, I don't know what his to. matches I don't know what his matches played were, but the fact that he's still up there in terms of 45 blocks, how many how many blocks was per set was he getting? Uh, 0. 0. 0.57, oh, yeah. Anything above 0. 0.5 is really good. Yeah, 100%. That, that's, that's still up there. So, yeah, g- love to see Daddy Stankovic and that beautiful hair just up that <sighs> stuff and the crap out of everyone. God, I love him so much. Uh, so yeah, if, if if you want more uh, if you want more stats discussion about the the whole Super Legacy season, we can talk about it in the Discord. I know uh, a couple of people have already started putting some info in there. I just threw this spreadsheet together really quickly today. I can share it in there as well. But uh, it'd be nice to to pull out some more detailed data from the season and then see just some some, some real legitimate trends and for uh, big names going into the national team summer. But yeah, that's kind of a wrap on the Super Lega. Yeah, regular season. Regular We're just getting season. started with, with the playoffs. Uh, in terms sure of stats, are. though, I do know that Bean Dog has been really good for the past few seasons of putting together some comprehensive stats uh, via volumetrics or, or, or something of the like. So, uh, Bean Dog, if you're listening, if you could do that and share it with us, that would be mint. Yes, our um, friend from Finland in the Discord. Join the Discord, by the way, if you haven't already. Links in the description. Uh, yeah, there's there's plenty. That That's the place to really get in into the nitty-gritty on some of these stats. Yeah, if, if you're a volleyball nerd like us and you're not in Discord, what are you doing? What are you doing? What What are you doing? What are you doing? What What are you doing? <laughs> All right, ready to move on, Everett. Uh, it's a big week of CEV as well. Is yeah, it time to 100%. recap some stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Right. We had we had the women go down today. Uh, the men are going down tomorrow. Did all the women's matches happen today? No, just two of them. Just oh, just two of them. Yeah, you're right. As as I open it now, um, two big matches today. We've got another one tomorrow uh, and another one on Thursday. No surprises so far, but two good matches. Exasabasha uh, going to three one against Rajov, uh, and then Novara three one against Stuttgart. Uh, I was kind of expecting that Novara Stuttgart match to be maybe a little bit spicier given how Novara has been a little bit up and down and Stuttgart has been known to be giant killers in the past. It's still possible. Uh, it's still possible, but uh, not so much. And of course, this Exhaustabasha team has, has been so good. Which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with Novara versus Stuttgart because that actually was the better match. Uh, they, they were both 3-1, but yeah, it actually was a decently spicy match, especially in the fourth set. And when you're in one of these two-match Champions League series, 
if you get to a fourth set, everything is so pivotal because that one point that can be on the line for going to five can mean everything in the series. And uh, the fourth set in this one was really tight. Uh, Stuttgart was up by maybe two for most of the set. Novara won on a massive run. Um, I think they led like 23 to 19. Stuttgart came all the way back to 23-22 and came up just barely short. So Novara... uh, Novara getting three points out of this is enormous on the road because the worst now they can do is play a golden set at home next week. Um, really good match. Uh, Abra Karakert wasn't great. No. 17 for 45 with seven errors. Stuttgart really balanced. I thought Simone Lee was good. I thought Crystal Rivers was a little error prone. Uh, but th- that's just an all-around very good team. Novara just had a little too much firepower. In particular, I thought the middles both played really well. Uh, yeah, well- AC eight blocks. Sheesh. Yeah, well, what about Kenya Carcesis? Car- uh, she was 21 for 34 with 62% yeah. uh, hitting. That's absolutely massive. And especially when Karakurt is putting up seven unforced errors, that's ab- absolutely huge. And you know what? This just adds more fuel to the fire for that Novara uh, president who was calling out uh, Karakurt a-, a little bit earlier. So that one's going to be a spicy story to-, to-, to continue watching. But Novara in the driver's seat, in this one um where did where did this go oh it was in stuttgart as as well so that puts them in the driver's seat as they head home uh for the second leg yep big big yeah kenya carcasses really really good game uh the only the only cuban will really compliment on this show other than robert landy simone uh, just 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 for ronnie cuban spike yeah she was awesome uh she was not good in reception uh, at least especially at the end Uh, her stuttgart was targeting her to make that comeback and she was passing like trash but uh, she did get a kill to win the match. So really well done offensively for her. Yeah, Stuttgart's got an uphill battle now. That fourth set was really, really close. But like you said, Novara in the driver's seat. And the other one, Zajabasha um, beating Zhezhov on the road wasn't as dramatic. Uh, the fourth set there was good, a 28-26, kind of a similar situation uh, with um, that, that crucial point on the line. But it felt to me the whole time like Zajabasha was in control. Yeah, I, I mean, there's... I'm not surprised by that uh, whatsoever. I'm a little bit surprised that Rezhov was able to get a win, but they were at home in front of the home crowd. We all know how those Polish fans can be. But to me, Exhaustabasha is the number two team in the world right now, right behind right behind Conigliano. They've been dominant in the Sutanla Ligi, and uh, I expect that to continue fully uh, here in the Champions League. Yep, and anytime I look at an Zajabasha score sheet, the first thing I look at is how did their outside hitters play? Hande Baladin, pretty good, 11 for 26. Irina Voronkova, 11 for 22. So both pretty good. That'll usually get the job done for them. Yeah, but still Boscovich, 27 points in this yeah, one. Course. Just absolutely monstrous. She was 26 for, for 54 with a block. I mean, whenever that you have... That woman's shoulder is is made of titanium, I swear to God. I I, she's she's so... She's such a machine. I don't even, like... I, I, I'm almost, like, desensitized to how amazing she is, which is why I always just look at how the outside hitters are playing, but it speaks to how consistently unbelievable Boscovich has been. She has the best arm in the women's game by far, in in my opinion, right? When when you look at how... Like, if you look at, like, the, those top three opposites that everyone compares everyone to on Hawk and Ogonu and Boscovich, Ogonu is just pure size and, and dominance. Like, obviously, she swings higher, but, like, she t- she touches the highest without a doubt. Hawk is, is, plays quite evenly. You know, her footwork's really good. She's a big body. She's got a decent arm on her. But Boscovich is, man, she's that lefty. She's got the whip. She can just muscle through it. I love watching Boscovich swing on the ball. 
And you're going to get to continue watching her because, yeah, Zajibash has got a game at home next week to advance. Uh, worst they can do is go to a golden set, I think. Well, just kind of like we were expecting in the, in the quarterfinal, that was going to be a mostly one-sided series. And it looks like Zhezhov's going to come up just short. So we can yep. look at the bracket here and look forward to the rest of the week. Uh, I've got a game tomorrow. Is, is that uh, Malonza versus Vakif Bank tomorrow? Yeah, Malonza versus Vakif Bank. I think that one... Uh, is going to be phenomenal. Malonza, especially in a, in a, a Champions League situation, has the ability to play spoilers without a doubt because there's no foreigner limit. They can kind of go full on with what with whatever they want, uh, whatever roster they want. And I mean, hey, with with the amount of talent they have, they have so many configurations. Big shout out to Avery Allard, the Canadian girl uh, out of Winnipeg. Yeah, that was a cool yeah. signing. Yeah, so she she just got there, played her first uh, game. This she wasn't she was on the roster. She didn't actually play, but uh, that's massive for us. She's going to probably going to be in contention for Team Canada uh, later this summer. But when you look at how you know Vakif Bank has been struggling, you know there's already there's already rumors floating around that Ogonu is going to be heading to Malonza next year, which just makes this all the spicier kind of you know a reminder of last year when Canigliano and Vakuf Bank were playing in the in the finals and everyone knew that Agona was already heading to Vakuf Bank so yeah I, I think this one could it has the potential of being a very very good match it goes down what this one's gonna be at 2 30 eastern time is that it um 3 p.m eastern time I think is what I'm looking at. Uh, we had daylight savings time over the weekend. I don't think that's hit Europe yet, so I'm confused about time zones. Yeah. But that's what that's what Flash Score is telling me. Okay, it's interesting because it's uh it's a 7:30 start in uh in Europe. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean it could be. In, <laughs> I I don't know. It's I'm I'm tired, man. I'm still. It's still been messing oh, me up. My bad. 12:30 Eastern. 12:30 Eastern. Uh, sh- should be uh, match time on that tomorrow. Okay. Well, we'll figure it out. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure our today's matches section of the Discord. Once again, just a shout out to Discord. If you're not there, you should be. Um, just a big shout out to our, our buddy Philip uh, from from Berlin to put to put that all all together. Uh, but yeah, I think this is a spicy matchup, and I also think Thursday's matchup too between Fenerbahce and Canigliano it could be just as good, if not better. It's gonna um, be really good. It, it's, I think I it's gonna be really good. Did we see these two teams play at the World Club Championships? I can't remember. No, um, Fenerbahce wasn't there, if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, maybe they were. Were there really three Turkish teams in that tournament? Probably they. They're, they're probably were with as, as dumb as that tournament format is. I can't remember if they played or not. I'll have to. I'll have to go back and look at that. But but yeah, when you when you look at like like to me, as I said, Canigliano has been hands down the best team this season. It just shows how Santorelli is the best coach. Um, you know, we've had a, a, a discussion with our buddy Christian from Electric Volleyball. He thinks that Vologe is just straight up the best volleyball player in the world. Doesn't matter men, men's or women's. Um, Vologe has been super fantastic, and you're really seeing how this team somehow, in some ways, got better by losing one of the best players in the world in Paolo Ogonu. Um, they've they've been unreal, but I do think that Fenerbahce, Fenerbahce is an aggressive team and has that ability with with Irina Fedorovseva and Melissa Vargas. Like that's a dangerous team, and if there's one team that could maybe uh, can you know put Canigliano off their game, especially from the baseline, it might be Fenerbahce. Yeah, the baseline is the key. I think we talked about it on last week's show. That was a very good preview just now. That that serving, Fenerbahce serving versus Canigliano reception, I think that's the key matchup. I'm curious to see how that goes. That one is Thursday. Uh, what time Thursday? That is uh, noon Eastern Thursday. I'm very excited about that one. Yeah, it, it should be a good one. 
All right, uh, moving on through women's CEV competition, a big one in the CEV Cup that we've been looking forward to wasn't nearly as dramatic as maybe we were hoping. Scandici, three dongs, THY Istanbul, no problem. This, uh, other than 27-25 in the first, this was not even close. Yeah, that, that one, a little surprising to me and a, and a little sad for me. Um, when I look at this stat sheet, didn't watch the game, but I look at this stat sheet, Kier Van Rijk, 9 for 34. Uh, she was negative efficiency with nine errors and got blocked twice. Uh, when your big gun isn't producing, that's what's going to happen. And one thing, though, I will say is that typically – Kira doesn't have two bad games in a row. And when we see her play poorly in one game, she generally goes off in the next. So I'm going to be very interested to see how she responds to this one because I think Scandici is a, is a beatable team. All right. Atropova is, is fantastic, but I think Zhu Ting has been maybe a little bit disappointing. Uh, her passings, her passings were really good. She did go 10 for 20, but not as dominant as, as I think we'd, we'd like to see from her. Um, so yeah, I, I I think that this one still has the potential to to be um to, to to go to a golden set, especially since Thy will be playing at home for the next match. Right. I I think maybe maybe there's golden set potential, but you you lay an egg twenty five to twelve in a match that was supposed to be this good. I I don't I don't know about how well you can recover from that. Um, home court advantage for any Turkish team, as we know, is is really really nice, but. Yeah, not only was Kira pretty bad, uh, Hannah Ortman was really bad, also negative efficiency. Like they just didn't really get hardly anything from the pins, with the exception of Maddie Kingdon, who was pretty good. Just not not kind of the match that I was hoping to see. So maybe there, there can be a miracle next week and we can see a golden set. But uh, Scandici has the inside track for sure. And like we said, this is a semifinal. The rest of the tournament, CV Cup Women's, is pretty forgettable. I think the if Scandici does go on to win, we can just give him the trophy. I think if any of these teams go on to win, they, we can just give them the trophy. Yeah, for sure. in, in, in my opinion, in my opinion, this is the final. Uh, looking at that second, so uh, second set though, Kira Van Rijk was 0 for seven with with three errors. Um, so that's not going to be good. Not, not going to be great. Uh, Hannah Orthman was only one for two. So just some struggles all around for that uh, uh, for that thy team that can happen sometimes and skandici's really good uh they're they're very physical they're very you know Im- imposing so uh thy we'll see if they can figure it out all right uh ready to move on to the men's side yep uh, absolutely because we have three we, we we start the quarterfinals or no sorry the second leg of the quarterfinals uh for the men tomorrow with three fantastic matches and one going down on thursday um, which one do you want to start with here, Rob? I think we might as well catch up on the on the two from last week that we didn't talk about because they were last Wednesday. Uh, Perugia beating Berlin three to one, and Yashemsky beating Friedrichshafen three to zero. That we don't have to talk about Yashemsky at all because that match was not even close. Seventeen, sixteen, thirteen. Hour and a shower. Like, get out of here. Thanks for participating, Friedrichshafen. Congratulations on making it this far. See you later. Go home. I think we should talk about Berlin taking a set, though. I think that's a little more interesting. 
Yeah, I, I think it's 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 interesting. It's good for Berlin to take a set. I think there was some notes, uh, and I think Philip was at, probably at that match because it was in Berlin and saying that it wasn't necessarily the best game from from Perugia. But yeah, big ups for Berlin for taking a set. That's probably all you're going to win for the rest of the <laughs> rest of the year in in Champions League. You might win another set, uh, but I, I I would highly doubt to see them win the match. And if they do, it's because Perugia goes zero and two and puts on the bench's bench. Um, and and just rests everyone else. Yep, I think that's very likely. Perugia just needs two sets at home on on uh, tomorrow. I think they'll get that no problem. I mean, yeah, they won. Perugia won the first two sets, eighteen and fifteen. So I think they fell asleep at the wheel a little bit. Uh, let Berlin steal one in the third. But I mean, come on, ten aces for Perugia, six for Ole Plotnitsky alone. Like, get out of here. There's just nothing Berlin can do. I mean, hey, this we've we've seen that um, Perugia is one of the best. Um serving teams in the Superlega and they're just going to continue that uh, especially against a team that isn't used to seeing high level serves like, no, like they do in Italy no. you know they have like, nothing like this like Carl and Schott and whoever they have uh, you know who's who's the Berlin libero again right now um, um, Satoshi Suiki Japanese guy yeah like I mean he's not even on the, the 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 Japanese national team right so these guys are not used to seeing the heat that Perugia can bring so I'm um, I'm not even probably not even going to watch this match. Nope, I don't think there's much much to talk about there. Definitely nothing to talk about with Friedrichshof and your first Yashemski. But the other two matches this week, I think, could be pretty good. Uh, Lube versus Hawkbank tomorrow, three uh, thirty p.m. Eastern. That's really late. I'm surprised. I love uh, that because I'm I'm coaching a, a March break camp for Nike uh, right now. That means I'm going to be able to catch that one. I'll be out of there quick. Maybe cat. Maybe miss the watch the first set on my phone uh, while driving home. Uh, sorry, listen to the first set on my phone <laughs> while while driving home. Um, you know, texting while driving laws in Canada are pretty steep and don't uh, don't really have the budget to pay for one of those. But I'll be able to get home and 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 check that one out. Um, yeah, yeah I, good one there. And then same time Thursday for Trentino versus Zoxa leg too. I'm so stoked for both of those matches. I honestly like I've I've been calling it for a while. I think Hulk Bank is is going to take this one. Right, is going to take a massive effort from Lube. They they need to if to the, why am I stuttering so much? Jeez, um, they need to win in three or four to even just force a golden set. And then you're not telling me that Namir just won't go beast mode if you get into a golden set, right? Maa could be chucking up like chucking up high balls to the bench. Like Namir could have three blockers on him. He's just going to go high hands and out of bounds. Like no one challenges the block. Uh, like Abdel as as is. Abdelaziz Namir. So, yeah, I really have a lot of faith in Hawkbank in this one. I'm really curious. I think I do too, uh, because even if, like you said, even if they do get to a golden set, I think Namir will be single handedly unbeatable in a game to 15. Um, but in Italy, if Lube receives decently for a match, uh, who knows? Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to pick. I, I really like that one. I'm looking forward to watching it. And then Zoxa versus Trentino, absolutely anything can happen. Um, in in Italy, if Trentino wins 3-1 to one or 3-0, to zero, they advance straight up because Zoxa won in five last week. So um, I expect any, this one to go to five. You think I so? I expect it to go 100%. Like the, the last match went to five. Like This is one of the best rivalries we've seen recently in volleyball. I, I, I definitely think it's, it's, it's going to five. Real quick, I hope though, so. I think it'd be yeah, awesome. Real quick, though, on the back to the the Lube versus Hawkbank one. You know, with with how good Thomas Jeschke played last week, 
to me, Lube is just going to be game planning so much more for Jayski, which just opens the door so much more for Namir. Yeah, pick your poison. Uh, last last week, Lube did a better job defending Namir and a and a miserable job defending against Thomas Jeski. So uh, we'll see how they allocate their resources against those two pretty good hitters. But I have a feeling they're going to try and do a similar thing in trying just trying to slow down Namir as much as they can. Uh, yeah. I would rather if I'm playing against Hawkbank, I would rather dare Thomas Jeski to beat me than to dare Namir Delsis to beat me. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I definitely agree with that, but still, it still leaves a gap open for someone. Yep, definitely. And uh, last but not least of CEV news, about time. It always bothers me every single year how long it takes us to finally get the news that the Super Finals for Champions League site and date has been confirmed. Turin, Italy on May 20th. For both the men and the women will host that one single super finals match. Why does it take so long for us to figure this out? Boomers, trench coats, figure it out. That's 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 I mean, like that's that's pretty much what it is. I do think that something like this doesn't necessarily need like it, it because it's only one day, like it doesn't need everything else. You know, is are we they doing the semifinals or just the, just the oh, finals? No, just the just the finals. Just the finals. One yeah, so day, it, May twentieth. That's it. It doesn't need the whole package of organization like an event like Eurovolley or right. anything like that. You know, you don't need to coordinate so much. Four teams, two matches, one venue. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's probably why. Um, but honest, honestly, I absolutely love that we do the super finals the way that we do back to back men and women. It just puts it like just forefront of how equal the, the sport is in terms of bit between men and women, right? Like we have everything going on at the same time as a fan. You can go and watch both matches. I'm, I'm hoping that's what the ticket situation is. I hope so that, too. that you can just go. It's like, you know, whether you could buy for individual matches or a package for both. I hope it's just a pa- package for both. I, I absolutely love that. You know, it's just a, just a day of volleyball, uh, and you know that both and I, you and I, are just going to be glued to our screens. Actually, we should probably do a, a watch along for that one. Would love to. Uh, yeah, I I totally agree. I think having having both matches in one place one day is a fantastic idea, and it always produces a great event. So uh, I'm excited for this for sure. Just to, just funny that we have to wait until literally the quarterfinals to to know when and where we're going for the finals. Uh, but yeah, May 20th, it'll be the last, the very very last thing of the entire club season. Um, before we very quickly turn around for VNL. But yeah, uh, put that date on your calendar. You've got volleyball to watch that day. Yes, you absolutely do. If you, Even if VLA is going, Rob, you're not going. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, there was no VLA that weekend. I, I am, I am Doesn't quite, matter, you wouldn't be going anyways. I'm quite committed to the Super Finals that day. All right, Everett, uh, before we move on, a couple other leagues and things to catch up on. Uh, what are you wearing over there? Oh, you know, just one of my favorite sweaters. I wore this to coach today. The kids loved it. I told their, hey, tell your parents to go to thatvolleyball.store. Use the code 15% or spicy to get 15% off and and you can get one of these. This is a beautiful forest green. Um, It's awesome. I will say, though, there's something going on with the store. I apologize to those who have have purchased. Um, I do believe that today I figured it out. I got into a fight with Printful. Not actually, just over the computer um and and yeah we figured it out so we should be up up and running once again i apologize for the delay but make sure you go and pick up some merch rob you're you're wearing merch today too you're not even repping you're not even repping the vla 
Uh, I've got got more VLA merch than I know what to do with, uh, but I'll, I'll, only guess... only special occasions for the spicy volleyball logo. Such a good logo. That's true. It it is it is a great logo. I got a few comments about it uh, as well when I was at Toronto versus uh, York this past weekend. Fabulous logo. Uh, speaking of U Sports, we'll talk about that later on in the show. First, let's catch up with the Lega Volley Femminile. We can run through this pretty quickly. I think um, there was a Wednesday match, which is kind of weird. Uh, Scandici mm-hmm. beat Booster Sitio, no problem. Malonza beat Kieri, no problem. Caneliano beat Novara, relatively no problem. But Perugia beat Firenze three to one. Ouch. Rob, you know how high I have been on Firenze this year. You not you know. Me. I'm, uh, oh, I'm oh, oh, whoa, 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 I'm whoa. I am taking I am taking full responsibility <laughs> for this. This one is on me. I was high on them. They won on that nice run, whether they like they, they won four in a row, five in a row once Malinov joined. But this to me is just the dagger. That is the nail in the coffin. It's the cross for the vampire. Whatever analogy you want to use, to me, Firenze is done. When you're losing like this to a potentially relegated team like Perugia, a, this is a must-win game for them, and it absolutely kills them. Like it, it, it It's tough for me to see. I believed in this team. I believed in Britt Herbots. I, I, I believed in, Mal- in Malinov joining this team. And it's just not going to happen now. Like I, I think it's, I think it's done and over. And uh, that playoff race is dusted because now they are a good three points behind. They're, I mean, they're only three points behind, but this win would have put them tied, right? It would have put them level in points uh, uh, against Busto. They would have had the same record, but instead, now they're behind. So you simply uh, have to beat teams that are worse than you when you're fighting for a playoff spot. You must get three points against the third worst team in the league. And when you don't, you don't deserve to go to the playoffs. That, that's, that's pretty simple to me. You've got to beat that Perugia team. They're bad. Yeah, they, they are bad. So uh, that's tough. I was expecting more from Firenze. I was high from them right when I did the preview show with Tommy earlier in the year. Uh, and it just didn't work out, and that's sad. Speaking of when you're fighting for a playoff spot, beating teams that are bad, Bergamo beat Macerata 3-0. That's what you're supposed to do. Cuneo beat Pinarola 3-1. That's what you're supposed to do. Um, Castle Maggiore beat Valafolia in a pretty big one, 3 uh, nothing there. So huge three points for Castle Maggiore and a, a, a win on Lauren Carlini's resume over Micah Hancock head-to-head. But Firenze, figure it out. You've got it's spicy. cannot lose that match. Uh Busto losing to Scandici ends up not hurting them because of Firenze's loss. You see the playoff picture there. Uh, you've got that 31 for Busto Orsizio right now. Uh, and what's coming up this week? Any, anything that might really influence this picture? Let's see. Firenze versus Castle Maggiore, maybe. Volifolia versus Chieri, maybe. Uh, Busto gets Macerato. So Busto gets a really bad team and should be a three free points for him. Yeah, well, it should have been a three free points for uh, Firenze as well over Perugia, and, and that didn't that didn't happen. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have to see. Um, what do you got? We got three matches on Saturday and five matches on Sunday to to, to ch- or four matches, sorry, on Sunday to check it in the leg of all family. Okay, uh, I think that's kind of about it there. Fair to move on to the Plusliga. Let's do that. Yeah, let's 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 move on to Poland. Um. Only two main matches I wanted to look at from the last week. One was uh, a very weird head-scratcher. Zaksa getting three-donged by Skrabelkatov. 
The only thing I'm thinking there is Scroff fires their their miserable president chairman character. Everyone's like, yes, we're free, and they go out and beat a team that's better than them. Also, uh, Zoxa probably not with all of their focus on that match, given that they're in the middle of a, of a Champions League series with Trentino, but uh, it was weird to see that score result. And then this one, Vershava, by beating Xavierce 3-2, to two, actually jumps over Zoxa for fourth in the standings. Vershava's on an absolute tear. Yeah, I mean, when you look at this the stat sheet for uh, Zoxa, 19% efficiency for Kashmarak, 14% uh <coughs> Sorry, efficiency for Bednorris. Just not the numbers that you want to see from your, your starting outsides. But I think you're right. Zoxa has been up and down and average so far this year in, in the Plus Liga uh, and in Polish comp- competitions in general. I know they just won the Polish Cup, um, but they've been really good in Champions League. So to be honest, I think for them, they just weren't even thinking about it. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything, any meaningful conclusions to pull out of that but i did think it was interesting and they unfortunately do lose a spot in the standings head-to-head to Vershava, who continue to just be incredible how many have they won in a row at this point uh let me see if i can find that number um they're man they're still on the same win streak it's it's easily double digits at this point the Vershava is, is just rolling through people and they did it this time with Neil's clap fike on the right 11. side. Uh, really, eleven in a row, man. That's that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. eleven eleven in a row, and and uh, thirteen of the last fifteen. Wow. Yeah, they wow. they they have been really good. Really. Yeah. Oh no, sorry, four, uh, 14, uh, 13 of the last fourteen. Jeez. That's ridiculous. Yeah, 11 in a row for Vershava. They don't even have Linus Weber playing significant minutes, and they're still getting all these wins done. Uh, let me look at Xavierce. Kovacevic, not bad. 63 swings is ridiculous, even in five sets. Uh, 27% efficiency. Um, and also, interestingly, David Dulski gets a start at opposite. Uh, they didn't have a David Konarski on the roster. I actually kind of like this Dulski guy. He's a lot bigger. He's really long. He's more physical. And uh, if you can get him to play consistently, I think he's uh, he has a higher ceiling than Konarski. So uh, keep an eye on Xavier to his opposite position. I um, mean, yeah, I, I think that's great. For me, for Warsaw's success, I know they've got a lot of talent, but to me, you have to look at Jan. Oh, yeah. Like we yeah. got to see him last year at Nations League. We thought he was fantastic, and he's really shown it this year for for. I Vershava. really, really like Jan Firle. Uh, Vershava had a pretty good off season, but uh, Firle was the biggest pickup and uh, one of my favorite setters in the Plus Liga. Yeah, I definitely think that he should be the, the number two for Poland behind Janusz. For sure, I, I think Wolmach's time. Uh, it's probably his time to let that second setter spot go, and uh, Fearle is a way all around significantly better player. Yeah, hundred percent. So that's it for Poland. Other than the standings, uh, you can take a look at this. Just see just how nuclear hot Warsaw is right now, jumping up in the fourth over Zaxa. Uh, Rosovia clinging to the lead by one. Zabierce slipping a little bit, but uh, three team race for the number one seed, and that's going to be pretty big, I expect. Yeah, uh, I definitely. Left? I actually think I, there's only thirty. Yeah, so there's thirty games. Um, some teams have played. Anywhere from 26 to 28 regular season games at this point. So it's getting pretty close to the end of the year here. 
yeah, it is. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like Biesco Biala won't be uh, won't be getting through as what they're six points out. They have three games left. Looks like they're going to be relegated, which is sad for Jay Kane, Sasha Ranj, and of course Dalton Sanoski. You've got the three English speakers over there. But man, when you look at the top of this Plus Liga with those top five teams and even Gdansk on the outside looking in, they're equal with points um, with Zaxa. Hell, Olsen has has been doing good. Taylor Avril has been having a fantastic season. Definitely one of the top middles in, in, in the Plus Liga. This playoff race in the Plus Liga is going to be spicy, as spicy as that volleyball on Rob's shirt right now. I can't wait for it. I might even be more excited for the Plus Liga playoffs than I am for the, the Super Liga. I was just about to say that, yeah. The, the, those series top to bottom might be better like there's no there you don't have a perugia caliber team in the plus liga uh, no, i think 100%. every everybody is good but everybody is also beatable and that um could produce some crazy crazy good series um yeah zaxa jw and, and rosovia uh, are have played one less match than a lot of those other teams so that is influencing the standings a little bit um but yeah it's it's coming down to the wire in the plus liga we'll certainly keep an eye on it do we think now that uh, Scraw has dumped their their dead weight. They're only six points out of no of uh, that eighth spot. Nope. Right. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think it. Uh, I really don't think it. I, I don't think Scraw's good. I, I don't. I don't like the makeup of the team. I don't like Lanza. I don't like Koi. I don't like Old Man Atanasievich. I don't like Wolmach. The the only and I certainly don't like Piachotsky. The only player on that team that I like is Biniak. That's it. Yeah. The and only not to player mention, on that team that I like. When you look at the three matches they have to play, JW, Olshton, and then then Lublin. And Lublin, you know, has has been really really good at times. They've dropped down. They're not there. Do you think Survaki uh, has a chance to uh, catch uh, Nisa? Yeah, so, maybe. Uh, Nisa's got got only two matches left to play. Suvalki's got four. Uh, so yeah. they've got they've got ground to make up and see if they can get. They're down by five points with two matches in hand, so we'll see yeah. how that goes. And they, they have to play Zaxa and Zavierci, but they've also got matches against Lublin and uh, Biesco Biala. So two very, very winnable matches there. And, you know, maybe JW or maybe uh, Zavierci and Zaxa, they, they can steal a win from them, either of them as well. Yeah, I, I could see it. I could see it. I mean, what's, how are they, they going to equalize the number of matches played for all these teams? Uh, because there's there's a bunch of makeup games in the next couple of days or yeah. next couple of weeks. The Plus Liga schedule is so hard to follow. I'm looking at it right now. There's literally matches every day between now and April first. <laughs> I think uh, there might be there might be a break on March 24th, but every other day uh, there are matches being played. Uh, makeups or regular games or whatever. They've just got to get. I get 30 matches packed in there. So yeah, April 1st is the last day of regular season play. And then we'll have, we'll have a bracket to show you guys. Awesome. Cannot wait. All right. Do you want to move on now to some international news, Rob? Because we finally know where the Olympic qualification tournaments are going to happen. About time. Yes. About time. Um, surprisingly enough, on the men's side, nothing in Europe. There's only one of those tournaments going on uh, in Europe, and that's going to be the women in Poland. But China and Japan flexing their economic muscles uh, within the FIVB and getting both the women and the men 
Um, nothing happened in North America. Of course, we weren't expecting it to. And of course, the men heading off to Brazil. What do you think, Rob? Well, I, at least we know. About time. It's about time that we know. And so the, the, the format of these is dumb. It's brand new this year. There's a drawing of lots happening uh, this week on Friday to determine hey, what teams are we actually going to We love it, right? Win. The FIVB loves oh, wow. a drawing of the lots. You know why? Because soccer does a drawing of the lots. So I they're like, hate hey, drawing we want to be we want to be soccer's little brother. So we're just going to do exactly the same as them. Um, I kind of like it that it's drawing of the lots and they're not just using the straight up rankings. I just I just kind of like that idea. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll have to we'll have to see how how it goes. Um, it sucks because you know that inevitably both Canada and the USA are going to be playing in Japan and China. And we're going to have to be watching at some ungodly yeah, hour in the middle sure. of the night. For sure. So the, the women's tournaments, all three of them are September 16th to the 24th this year in China, Japan, and Poland. The men's three tournaments, all uh, September 30th through October 8th in China, Japan, and Brazil. And the way those are going to work is eight teams are going to go to each one of those places. Um, they're all they're going to play a full round robin, which is ridiculous. So every team is going to play seven matches in like nine days, which is absolutely absurd. And the top, I think, is it two or three from each pool get an Olympic bid? I think it must be two. I thought it was three. No, it has it's to be two. two. It's two, it yeah, because be France has got a bid, obviously, as the host on each side. But, yeah, they're going to give six bids each, and then uh, it's going to come down to the re remaining five are going to be just straight from world rankings at the end of VNL in 2024. So you're going to play seven matches in nine days and have to finish top two to get a bid to the Olympics. That's absolutely ridiculous. Once again, God, it, just, it, it just continues my thesis that there's just too much volleyball. It's right? In, too a, much in a volleyball. year where we're going to have VNL, as per usual, we're going to have continental championships, with, yes. which, you know, when you when you look at the Norseka side of things, isn't that bad. You can kind of... Euro volley. Euro volley is going to go right up to it. Um, man, it's just, you know that Angapeth and Bruno and all these players are going to have something to say about it um, coming later later in the year, or getting closer to this, because... As soon as that's done, you know that, you know, like the Super Co or like the Demonte Cup is going to be like two weeks after that, right? Yeah, absurd. So uh, the way that I think this works is they're, they're going to draw lots of the, they're, they're going to group the world rankings in groups of three kind of in snake order. But group one is the hosts. And if you look at the men's side there, one of the hosts is Brazil. One of the hosts is China. And they're being drawn out of the same cup. And the teams that get China in their pool instead of Brazil are the luckiest teams in the world. So uh, I, I'm fascinated to see how this drawing of lots goes. I have a feeling that I'm going to hate it. I always hate drawings of lots. But I have especially I think that this one is going to be particularly stupid. It's going to create bad pools for a bad tournament. So I do not have good vibes about this. I'm hoping. I am hoping and praying for that China pool. Oh, everyone is praying. everyone is on both the men's and the women's side well china the china women are good but like the chinese japanese and polish women are all good so at least they're all like above average none of them are, are gold medal contenders but they're all no. above average on on the men's side it is lopsided brazil is phenomenal japan is decent and china is miserable so yeah, i don't understand definitely, how that you works. definitely have one one of each uh on that side is it gonna be 10 teams is it 10 teams for the olympics 12 12, 12 teams for the Olympics. You've got France. You've got six that will come out of these tournaments at the end of this year. And then five that will be given just straight off the world rankings at the end of VNL in 2024. And that's going to be the field. 
All right. Well, I, I guess it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, uh, hopefully Cuba doesn't just climb up the rankings by beating up on uh, Mexico, Puerto Rico, and Qatar. But yeah, it's uh, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, drawing a lots, as we said, will be Friday. Uh, I'll be knee deep in uh, in U Sports quarterfinals, so I won't be watching it. Rob, are you going to check that out? Or no, no. Why would I watch the drawing of lots? I can read it in five seconds after it's over. Who cares? <laughs> I will. I refuse to give Volleyball World my viewership on such a stupid event. Fair enough. All right. Well, we'll talk about it on next week's show once the pools are drawn. I have a feeling I'm going to be angry. I'm just mentally preparing myself to be mad about whatever the results are. I feel like that's your usual state, though. <laughs> no, me? No. What are you talking about? All right. Uh, let's 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 turn our attention stateside we've got plenty of university and collegiate volleyball to talk about uh let's start with let's start in the states there is a gigantic ncaa men's tournament over the weekend the outrigger invitational in hawaii always the biggest non-conference event of the year and it produced some bangers number one two and three in the country were all there and they all beat each other in a triangle Penn State beat Hawaii, Hawaii beat UCLA, UCLA beat Penn State. So uh, Penn State is now number two in the new rankings, UCLA number three. But those, those matches were incredible. Um, it's kind of the last hurrah before conference season for all three of those teams. So uh, big stuff. I know we saw Penn State earlier in the year in Texas, but um, very good, very good weekend at NCAA ball. I actually did watch a little bit of this and really enjoyed those games. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty surprised to, to see Penn State beating Hawaii. Not that I don't think Penn State is a fantastic team, but I really thought highly of this Hawaii team, and I don't know, sort of the Discord. So, yeah, it just makes things even more interesting right now in, in, in the NCAA. So I, I, I think it's going to be great. Hawaii is very, very, very good. They're really good, and I, I expect them to be to hold on to the number one spot going into nationals in Virginia later this year. But uh, it was a fun weekend. I, I wish that we had gotten to watch all of the games instead of just the Hawaii games. But uh, really good volleyball. So uh, shout out to NCAA men's. I think that's about it for that, Everett. We now need to focus north of the border because there was hardware given out, and there's hardware coming up this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if that camera pan just a little bit to the right, you would have caught me with my uh, nice little camera phone uh, taking a picture for an absolutely great uh, CCAA men's volleyball event hosted by the Humber Hawks. Uh, the Camosun Chargers are, went back-to-back, beating the host Humber Hawks in the finals, and, I mean, it was convincing. They were fantastic all week long. Interestingly enough, coach, head coach Calvin Ma told me that the, it wasn't really their best volleyball played until that final match, and they were just stifling in front of a sold-out uh, crowd at, at Humber. Uh, it was great. I love I love CCAA ball. Also, shout-out to the Briarcrest Clippers uh, out of Saskatchewan playing in the ACAC, the Alberta College Collegiate uh, Athletic Association. Um, they uh, won the bronze. They got upset by Fanshawe on day one and clawed their way back. Um, yeah, it was a great weekend all all around. If you want to go check out the highlights, they're all are, most of them are up on the high, uh, on Volleyball Source. From the baseline angle, you know how we do. Uh, quarterfinals and semifinals are up. Um, and yeah, it was it, it was a great, great weekend. Big shout out to, to Coach Calvin Ma. I mean, it's actually his first championship. They were coached by the legend Charles Parkinson. And if you're a Canadian fan, you know his voice. He commentated men's vol- or the volleyball in Canada for, for so long. He gave it up last year. Calvin took it over. And they didn't even miss a beat. Um, of course, Bida, uh, they, they, they're pack full. There's one thing with the pack West and Brazilians 
they just love bringing in Brazilians and really, just, oh yeah, yeah, that's like, cool. Like I think Bita, the 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 main guy, uh, standing it right in the the middle. He was their top outside. He's from Brazil. I know Viu, who's who's the other team that made it to um nationals as well of vancouver island university uh they had two brazilians on their team as well who could hit the snot out of the ball um so yeah if you're brazilian you look at you can play looking to do a little bit of education pack west is is your go-to sweet so yeah shout outs to camosin for ccaa men's side and uh women's as well lakeland beat camosin in the final right yeah, Lakeland was absolutely unreal. I mean, they were ranked top three uh, all all year. Um, it was a little bit interesting. The top three teams ranked all year were VIU, Lakeland, and Humber, uh, also on the women's side. VIU got upset by Camosun, uh in the Pac West Finals, which is the the BC League, um, and then they lost to Humber in in the first round. Humber ended up winning bronze after falling to Lakeland uh, in the semifinals. I won't lie. I was really pulling for Humber. Uh, that women's team is dominant in, in the OCAA, but they've had a really tough year. Their head coach, Chris Wilkins, uh, lost his wife tragically a little bit earlier uh, in the year. Um, and there was a heartbreaking photo uh, taking of him just sobbing after they, they won that bronze medal match. So my heart goes out to uh, the Wilkins family in general. Actually, fun fact. Both Humber teams, men and women's, are coached by the Wilkins brothers. Chris coaches the women. He's two years older than Wayne, who coaches coaches the men. They both have 400-plus wins in, in the CCAA, just dominant programs here in, in Ontario. But, yeah, big shout-out to uh, Lakeland College. Two of the two the the middle and the right side from Humber I was actually coaching with at the Nike camp the past two days and they just said man Lakeland was so good they didn't make any errors they were so steady uh, and Humber was the only team to to take a set off them so they can Lakeland big shout out to them for uh, winning the CCAA Women's National Championships and if you want to hear more about this uh, I'm going to have Kyle Donnan on we're going to be doing a show about CCAA and youth sports. At about 9.30, 10 o'clock Eastern uh, with Kyle Donnan. Kyle was on the call uh, at VIU. So he got front row seats to all the women's. I got front seat to, front row seat to all the men. We're going to have a great chat. And then we're going to chat about some new sports stuff after too. So Sweet. Kinda... Yeah. Everett's doing, Everett's doing the marathon tonight, doubling up on podcasts. So we'll, we'll, you guys can dig into um, Canadian college and university ball even more. But for the 9 by 9 sake, Everett, give us a very brief preview this weekend for U-Sports Nationals. Let's start on the men's side. Yeah, let's start on the men's side. I will be there all weekend, heading down tomorrow night to be there for media day. Uh, on Thursday. So if you want to, you know, hear me talk to all the coaches, uh, you can check it out over on the Volleyball Source YouTube. I actually just released a fantastic, might be one of my favorite interviews I've ever done with head coach of the McMaster Marauders, Mr. Dave Preston. After 21 years at the helm of the Marauders and building one of the most prestigious programs in all of North America, um, you know, the likes of like Stephen Marr, Danny Demianenko, Jory Mantha coming out of that that program. He will be retiring after this national championship. This will be his last uh, go at it here at the Burridge, um, and who will be taking over the Australian national team program. So make sure you head over to well, if you're already watching this, you're already on our YouTube or you're listening to it on a podcast. But make sure you go check out that that chat. We didn't even talk about nationals at all. We just talked about <laughs> life. We talked about volleyball. Um, and when he's when as as you'll hear about when he's ready to talk, he's one of my favorite people to talk to. Uh, so make sure to go go check that out. It's awesome. But to preview this tournament, um, I think it's going to be awesome. We have three teams out of the Canada West. Alberta got number one by beating Trinity Western in the finals. Saskatchewan 
took down UBC in the uh, in the quarters and then topped Calgary in the bronze medal match to get that one. I think that's Saskatchewan versus McMaster matchup at 6.30 on, uh, or sorry, 6 p.m. on uh, Friday night. St. Paddy's Day is going to be absolutely bananas. I have to give, you know, like if I have to call a favorite right now, it has to be Alberta. Um, they're the defending champs. They've dominated all year. I think they've only lost like two matches. Jordan those... Cannon is ridiculous. I can't Jordan, wait to watch him again. Absolutely. The the Ottawa Cannon is absolutely unreal. Uh, love watching him. And a few other spicy matchups, though. I think Sherbrooke kind of shocked the volleyball world here in Canada by not only winning the RCQ, RCQ but getting that bronze medal. I'm really interested to see see them play. Everyone in Canadian volleyball knows that Quebec volleyball is always scrappy. I mean, we saw it with, with fun, funnily enough, the Sherbrooke University team is going to use sports in the. <laughs> uh, represented uh, the RSEQ um, in, in the college championships as well. So Sherbrooke volleyball is alive and well. I think their matchup with Windsor is going to be very interesting. Windsor has a high-powered offense. They kind of got blown away by Mac in the OUA finals, but I think that matchup's going to be great. And I think Montreal is really going to give Trinity Western a run for their money. I think Montreal is a well-coached program, well, well, well run. And once again, they, they, they just don't give up. So these quarterfinals are going to be ridiculous. If I really want to see both Mac and Trinity win, because for those who know, that rivalry over the years and those showdowns that they've had in the Burge over the years have been fantastic. Um, you know, 2018, great, that's a great semifinal match. 2016 was one of the best matches I, I've ever seen with the likes of Stephen Marr and Ryan Sclater and, and a whole bunch of other ones. So, yeah, uh, I'm super excited. Everyone who knows, watching volleyball in the Burridge, it gets loud. It's, it's going to be a good time. Friday night, St. Patty's, St. Patty's Day. What can be better? It, it's going to be awesome. And for those who are watching in Ontario who want to go, head over to the our Instagram page. We're doing a giveaway for some tournament passes for the weekend. We're going to be announcing the winners tomorrow. If you want to win, you have to follow Volleyball Source on Instagram. You got to comment uh, who you want to bring with you in the comments and you have to share the video in your story. So you're going to be able to watch all of these matches. They're going to be on the CBC uh, sports YouTube. Of course, you're going to be able to find all of those matches on our, uh, on our website. I'm going to be commentating all the, all the morning matches. So I get the first two quarterfinals and then I get the, all the consolation bull crap nah, uh, la- later on. Yeah. I mean, they wanted to stick with, with their normal guys, which I guess is, is interesting enough, but we'll, 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 we'll see, but yeah, I'll be there. I'll be doing interviews. You're going to get um, baseline videos for, for all those matches. So make sure you stay tuned. Awesome. Yeah. Classic volleyball source highlight videos. Uh, I remember there was a decently easy way to watch last year. I know CBC in Canada is free, right? For uh, online, right? It's just, it's just going to be straight up on their YouTube this year too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, even better. It, yeah, absolutely. Head over once again, head over to the discord. We'll like, we'll have them linked in there. We'll have them linked in our, in our Instagram stories as well. We'll have them embedded onto the website. Uh, but yeah, even if you just search CBC sports, U sports national championships, you're going to be able to find all the women's and men's uh, up there on, uh, uh, on YouTube for the entire world to see awesome that that's yeah. great stuff and also we've got the women's uh same same format for the women's national championships for youth sports going down this weekend as well trinity western the one seed right 
Yeah, Trinity Western, the one seed, they've been dominant uh, all year, taking down MRU in the Canada West final. Um, big shout out to the Citadin de UCAM. UCAM is uh, Université de Québec à Montréal um, with their first ever RCQ championship. So big ups to them. That's huge. They're the newest team to the RCQ. So it's fantastic to see them kind of taking down the, the typical powers of Montreal and, and, and Laval. I know on the women's side, I'd probably say the RCQ is the most tightly contested division with just quality all the, all the way through. Um, the Brock Badgers is the only team out of the OUA. They went down 0-2 to Queens and they pulled off the reverse sweep 15-13. You can check out Match Point over on our Instagram. Oh, I saw um, that. That was awesome. Yeah, that it was, was awesome. Cool finish. Um, yeah, the Bob Davis gym was bouncing we have a few people saying that it was the best atmosphere in the oua i don't know if i'm ready to say that quite yet the bird is really good so is the arc at queens um but yeah that was awesome and i do know that brock did beat uh trinity western in some exhibition matches over the christmas break so that could be very interesting but you know, UBC, they're the hosts, one of the most storied programs in U Sports Women's Volleyball. That's where Kier Van Wright came from. Uh, and of course, our good friend Claire Hanna as well. She won five in a row uh, back in the, the, the 2010s. So that's not that's not going to be an easy first round matchup for uh, Brock. And then a good old Canada West matchup with MRU and Manitoba in that other, um, that other uh, quarterfinal. I'm expecting Trinity to make the final. Um, especially, you know, they're, they're just down the road. They're like an hour away from UBC who are, who are the hosts. If Brock, like, I think that that right side of the bracket is, is much harder, nothing against Dalhousie, but you know, um, the AUS just isn't up to standards in, in my opinion. And we haven't really seen as much quality. I think Dalhousie is going to be, be really good. And I, I think they'll win matches on the qualification side, but I, I do expect them to fall to, uh, UCAM. um, but I would love to see a Brock versus uh, Trinity matchup in, in the finals for this one. But once again, uh, if you want to hear us uh, talk about uh, some U sports, you can join me in about 45 minutes to an hour and a little bit uh, when we talk about some CCAA uh, and U sports volleyball right here on Volleyball Source. Sweet. So Everett's doubling up on the podcast tonight, which is awesome. Uh, I'm really stoked for a lot of these matches this weekend, all sorts of university stuff. Uh, there's all sorts of CEV this week, uh, CEV Cup, Champions League tomorrow and Thursday. Uh, Scudetto playoffs kicking off on Sunday and uh, U Sports Championships um, all, all week long, right? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Not Thursday. Thursday will Not be Thursday. Uh, meet media day for for both those so um unfortunately not gonna have any don't have anyone maybe i'll see if kyle wants to go down to ubc for me uh the the gentleman that i'm talking to uh in just a bit but uh yeah i'll be at um i'll be at uh, mcmaster all day thursday getting some interviews getting some little you know watching practice then i'll also be at the all canadian banquet to let you know you know who gets player of the year who gets coach of the year who the first team all canadians are and and such uh but then yeah Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Championship Sunday. I know it's going to be a blast. Uh, love that you got one on the East Coast and one on the West Coast, so that time that is difference cool. is, going to, yeah. is going to be allow you to is going to allow you to to watch everything. Uh, if you are on the West Coast, make sure you head out to War Memorial Gym. I want to see that place packed. I already know the Burge was sold out like before game time even happened uh, for the OUA final, so I know they're going to show up at McMaster. Um, especially to send off uh, Preston and that that's a school that just loves men's volleyball and, and volleyball in general. But I really want to see 
the BC volleyball community fill out um, War Memorial at, at UBC this weekend. Awesome. So yeah, if you want to dig more into Canadian ball, uh, Everett will be live again in in like an hour or so. So that's awesome. A way to double up on the content. And I'm really excited to follow along with it this weekend, dude. I know it's a big deal up north of the border and I, I loved watching it last year and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, baby. This is March Madness at its finest uh, right now. This is this is the time for it. So make sure you watch. Make sure give it give some likes on on our videos too, please. It, it it really helps. We want to we want to a lot lot of CCAA and OUA videos on the channel right now. Baseline highlights. Go watch them. Go give them thumbs up. Yeah. Once and once again, really go check out that interview with Dave Preston. Totally one of my favorite people in in Canadian volleyball. He's awesome. Um, and if you're Australian too, like we we go in depth about some of his plans and and what's going to be happening with the Australian national team and how because it's kind of like it's almost a 10-year vision because they're hosting the olympics in 2032 uh with the with the brisbane with the brisbane games so it's a long-term vision when 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 looking at how they're going to build that program because they're hosting it in in 10 years so good stuff there if you're canadian if you're a fan of the marauders and good stuff as well if you are a, a fan of australian volleyball awesome well, uh, all the usual ball this week and this weekend, plus all this youth sports stuff, which is amazing. So join the Discord. We'll help you follow along with it all. And if this weekend, if this if this youth sports week doesn't single-handedly kill you, Everett, we might just get you next Tuesday for a show. How about it? Oh, buddy, you know I'm I'm up for this. I'm I'm just ready. Like I I'm just gonna run on just straight up piss and vinegar and maybe a little bit of beer, um, to 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 get this one going. Sounds so like you- a classic volleyball event. <laughs> Oh, you know it. You know it. So, and I, this isn't my first my first rodeo. I've I've done this before, uh, especially at the Burridge, and I'm a little bit more seasoned now. So, yeah, let's let's just say I'll be I'll be taking a little bit easier on the uh, indulgences and just be focusing on the work. <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to the coverage. Uh, You're in the right place, boys and girls, here on Volleyball Source, including a show later on tonight if you want to dig into Canadian ball even more. So thanks for watching 9 by 9 We'll be back on Tuesday, but a lot more going on between now and then. Peace.